Hi everyone, welcome to the Pivot Podcast. I'm the Pivot's founder, Renee Middlestad. In today's episode, we're gonna take a walk down memory lane and I'm gonna pull a Pivot Pioneers interview from the archives. In this interview, I spoke to writer and founder of Lishiv Media, Shivani Prasad. She shared what she's learned so far during her career transition. She spoke about why networking is so important when making a career pivot, and she shared her tips for becoming a freelance writer. All right, let's listen to the interview. So Shivani Prasad is a full-time model, writer, and labor activist from Toronto, Canada. She has modeled for the likes of Diane von Furstenberg, Cole Haan, Harper's Bazaar, Elle India, American Eagle, Becca Cosmetics, Clairol, and many more. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> um, her interests include Indo-Caribbean diaspora, the intersection between pop culture and politics, as well as workers' rights. Over the last few years, Shivani has made her mark in numerous spaces. In 2016, she co-founded and launched More Than Model Radio, a podcast that celebrates the passions models have outside of modeling industry and shows how multi-layered models can be. Um, her other hobbies include um, keeping up with American Canadian politics, taking care of her diabetic cat, and trying different types of workouts. Ultimately, she would like, love to become a broadcast journalist back home in Toronto in a few years. And one point that I missed, I skipped over, in 2019, so just last year, Shivani founded Live Shiv Media, a social dis- justice-driven storytelling platform to tell the stories that aren't being told. So without further ado, I'm going to request Shivani to join the live and I can dive into these questions. Well, Shivani, after for the past few weeks, I've been interviewing models who have already you know, pivoted out of the modeling industry, but right now you're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's currently experiencing a career transition, what are some things you're learning about yourself and what are some of the challenges that you've faced so far? Um, you know, I think I've a lot. I think that I'm definitely learning that perhaps that the regular nine to five schedule is really not for me. And I think I kind of knew that before, but this is just like confirming it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think I'm learning that we do have a lot of skills as models and actually being a model is a great place to pivot from for a lot of different careers, um, whether it's like marketing or PR, business, writing, you know, so many different careers. Um, and also, I think I'm learning that I'm like gaining more confidence, I guess. I think I've been, you know, I have a friend who is a a writer for Sports Illustrated and uh, she's also written for Time Magazine. And she told me that, you know, you shouldn't really be starting entry level anywhere that you're you're going unless obviously it's like, you know, something not in a field where um, I have. Yeah, (laughs) like engineering or something. (laughs) Yeah, but she was (laughs) Like, honestly, like you have a whole 10 year career behind you, like you shouldn't be starting entry level anywhere. And I guess I never really thought about it that way. Because I've always when I think about modeling, I don't really think about it, you know, being a prerequisite for any other career. But to hear her say that made me realize that I should be a lot more confident in the skills that I have as a model and just the skills that I have as a person. And so I'm sort of gaining this like newfound confidence approaching something new as well, which is great. Yeah. And so when you, you said you've gained more confidence because you've had more clarity, I guess, in seeing how much your modeling experience has actually brought over these transferable skills. Were there any challenges, I guess, more specifically now, you know, you're a freelance writer. Were there any challenges in trying to, I guess, pitch yourself to certain publications, seeing that you do have like the um, portfolio, but maybe there's certain, I guess, stereotypes about model that maybe makes people not see the potential of someone's talent outside of the industry, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think I sort of, that's also why I've always been the kind of person to try to always do something else while I was mm-hmm. modeling. Times I really didn't want people to 
put those stereotypes on me. So I just really tried my best to sort of not only show like, yes, I have this very unique experience of being a model. And so um, a lot of advice that I got from other writers as well was like, writing is all about your personal experience as well. So you can start to build samples by writing about things that you already know about. And for you, mm-hmm. you are your model, you can write about that. Not only is that like something that you know about, but it's also something that not a lot of people know about. And it's really yeah. cool. And there's so many potential for different types of personal essays in there and things like that. So I sort of like used that type of stuff, like my past experience um, and then other projects that I had to show to pitch myself that way Mm -hmm. um, when I didn't have any real writing samples to show. And then uh, I took a lot of stuff that I learned from classes as well that I had taken online, just different writing classes. And uh, I used those and past like, you know, blog posts and guest blogs. Yeah, to like pitch myself and I didn't really get a lot of that um, adversity but I also didn't really always paint myself as a model either it depends it depended on like what publication I was I was pitching to but I yeah, I, I didn't really feel that because I think right now we're in a really interesting place in certain writing communities as well where they're so interested in different people's experiences so luckily I didn't face too much of that yeah it's more like the right time the right place right now I guess right Mm-hmm. The medium you're choosing, it's easier for you to kind of dismantle any mistruths about modeling and then show all these other sides of yourself that you have to offer. And so how do you draw parallels between your work as a model and now as like a founder and a writer? Like, how mm-hmm. has your work as a model kind of shaped you into becoming a better founder and a better writer? I mean, it's all everything is so relative. Like, to me, the, the common thread is storytelling, right? Like, mm-hmm. As a model, a lot of times we are telling a story because we're telling a story of a product, of a campaign, um, you know, of we're, we're telling that character story sometimes and it's very visual. Sometimes there's words, but it's usually like you're telling it in a very visual way, right? Mm-hmm. And then writer, you're just using your words and most times whatever you're writing, you're telling some sort of story, even if it's like, you know, something breaking news or whatever, you're still telling a story. And then when I did the podcast, I noticed like, I love telling stories about, you know, models that have other careers simultaneously and breaking those stereotypes. But I also really love social justice. And so I really wanted to, you know, that love for storytelling just made me want to expand even more into telling other types of stories and different types of stories and things that Mm -hmm. I found really important and finding dynamic ways and accessible ways to tell those stories, right? So, so live, with Live, Live, Shiv Media, we tell it through, you know, visuals, video, images, and then it's a question and answer format. And it's really, really simple and quick because we wanted it to be accessible to people, right? Whereas mm-hmm. my writing, I can like ramble on for 1700 words and, you know, yeah. speak multiple different sources. And, and then, you know, with modeling, I mean, I'm sure anyone listening will know what it what it's like we're sort of like a vehicle for someone else's vision but we sort of sometimes get to work our own creativity into it as well so mm-hmm. like especially like they're all related but in terms of like specific skills i mean the the best thing i think you learn from being a model is just growing that like really thick skin and having resilience because journalism is a lot like modeling in the sense that like there's just so much rejection and i think that yeah. can really down in the beginning but for us as models it's like we deal with that every day. We deal with people telling us that about like things we cannot change about ourselves all the time. Yeah. And so we're just, it's really easy for us to just be like, okay, on to the next one, whatever. But, yeah. Just keep it pushing basically. Yeah. But yeah. Not for, so definitely yeah. that. 
sector. Also the fact that like the jobs are similar and that they both don't have a regular nine to five schedule. So mm -hmm. I'm already sort of abreast of what it means like to sort of be working like in the middle of the night or whatever it is, right? Like so yeah. schedules are similar as well. So I think models are very like adaptable and, and versatile in that way. Yeah, especially with, I guess for writing too, like last minute changes to certain, I guess, projects or last minute deadlines where they move things up like I'm sure you're just kind of like I've been training for this for years so I'm ready for it yeah, I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, why do you think it's so important to be a multi-hyphenate and specialize in a number of things especially as a model but I guess more generally for people watching who I guess are in different industries why is it so important to like diversify and use your, use your skills in different spaces yeah, I mean, I think especially post pandemic, like with the way that this, it, the economy might change, like we don't know, I think it's really important to be able to be able to do different things. Obviously, you don't want to be like a jack of all trades and a master of none, right? I, I don't think I'm, you don't need to specialize in 13 things. Yeah. But I think you specialize in maybe two or three things and be really yeah. good at them. Um, and I think you know, we can see that in this situation, a lot of the people that are succeeding or people that are okay are people that potentially have multiple streams of income because mm -hmm. perhaps they didn't have to be so afraid if they were laid off or if their company closed or something. And so I think, you know, being a multi-hyphenate this time is really indicative of how important that is. But also I think, you know, it's really difficult to figure out what you want to do. And mm -hmm. like, I, when I was first, I, was, I like, I love post-its and I would like put post-its on my wall and just be like, these are all the things I want. This is what I can see myself doing. And I think I honestly, Renee, I think I had like 18 post-its on my wall. And I was oh like, my gosh. this is a problem. Like, <laughs> narrow that down, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that was me trying to be a jack of all trades, master of none. But it was also because I was very confused. And so through like, different self-discovery mechanisms and therapy and different things mm -hmm. i've been narrowed down to model writer labor activist those are three things i know i can do i'm good at i'm learning and i'm extremely passionate about all three of them and mm -hmm. that has really helped me be, realize that through those things i can also pivot or you know iterate into different things like uh, as a writer i can also be a host because i know how to ask questions or yeah. as a labor activist i can also be a filmmaker if i want because mm -hmm. i can film about whatever like so I don't need to like pigeonhole myself so much by thinking if I'm a writer I can only be a writer there's so much potential to do all these other things but I think it's really important to figure out what your those like buckets are for you yeah. and sort of like work on really honing your craft in those three things and I think like as a multi-hyphenate as well whatever job you do you're going to be able to bring skills from different industries um and sort of skills from different like I don't know what the word is I'm looking for but like almost like from different senses or different um yeah stories right yeah um, whatever you do like you don't ever want to be a one-trick pony you know that's no. I've always, that's that's always been my motto with modeling it's like i don't ever want to do just one thing so yeah and it yeah. sounds like you found things that kind of complement each other too because even when you started to explain it like you're a writer so you can speak on your experience as a labor activist and also as a model and then also how you know workers rights are so shaky right now in the modeling industry you can bring light to that so i think that's a really important point to make too is that when you're trying to figure out these other lanes you're going to be taking you need to figure out how they kind of relate to each other so you can use it to your advantage and kind of keep jumping between these different spaces and then also maybe create something totally new out of it um exactly. 
So what is one piece of advice you would like to share with models who are also in the middle of a career pivot? I would say follow the pivot and why. <laughs> and because Thank you. <laughs> there are a lot of valuable information and um, it's important to have a community when you're going through this because, you know, as I said, our job is really weird. Like we don't have a job. I think we have a job that like what, less than 1% of the population. <laughs> like, yeah. Experience, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very unique job. And so if we really need that community of people that are going through the same thing because not a lot of people can relate to us, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, find those communities. Also, what I did was like, I did a lot of research on different types of jobs, sort of like different jobs that exist within my what my passions were, what I knew my passions were. Um, one thing that um, Iskra told me years ago that I, I know you know Iskra as well, mm -hmm. she was like, you know, get a big piece of paper, put your name in the middle, and then try to do a mind map. Think of all the overarching themes and things that interest you. And then from those themes, what you can do and like, she was like, Shivani, I did like, you know, a thousand mind maps before I figured out like what I really wanted to do. And so mm -hmm. I started that with like post-its on my wall and moving things around. And it really did help me figure out, you know, okay, maybe I do have an interest in this little thing, but I'm not as passionate about it as this thing. So yeah. like I'm interested in it, but I don't need to shake my life around that or question decision-making around that thing, you know? Yeah. So I making mind maps and things mm -hmm. like that um, is also really helpful. Another thing is like, we're so lucky right now that there's so many free resources and there's so yeah. much like you know like even this live is like a free resource for somebody right mm -hmm. so really take advantage of that like watch as many lives go to uh, do as many like free coaching courses all that kind of stuff i did so much of that stuff i'm still doing it now it takes so many classes and so i think that kind of stuff will really show you what you're into and what you're not and and regardless of that it'll even just show you it'll just demonstrate to you sort of just how to open your mind a little bit to just start exploring. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of my friends that are models are, they are, they still want to do something else. They just have no idea what that thing is. So you yeah. just have to kind of put yourself out there a little bit. Um, and I guess the last thing I would say is find people that you admire and talk to them and even just send the cold DMs, ask, you know, I did that a lot. And that was one of the things that made me real realize that like, I shouldn't be so afraid of writing because clearly that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So I met with like, I, you know, cold emailed or met with writers that I knew um, and built relationships with them and just like, was like, Hey, am I being crazy? Or do you think this is possible for me? And like, what's your advice? You know? And they had really great things to say. And so, you know, definitely find those role models, find those mentors and people and just like ask for an informational interview or, you know, call, yeah. Zoom call or whatever, you know, and, and just, build off of that because it's really hard for us again to know because we have a really specific job and we interact with so many people that are in entertainment and fashion and um and media but if that's not necessarily what you want to do it's a little bit harder to find those connections you know yeah i think it's <clears throat> excuse me it's kind of leaning on like your inner circle and kind of asking them like do you know anybody who works in this industry i'm really interested in exploring it and kind of using your connections yeah. and finding a mutual contact. And then again, like you said, cold DMs do go a long way, especially right now. If you word it the right way, you make it specific and then, you know, refer to something that you admire about them and then try to set up like a 15 minute call or something. People are willing to do that because right now a lot of us are sitting at home and most people wouldn't mind a 10 minute call, especially if you know exactly why you want to reach out to them. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important is definitely to like look for those people that you admire. And of course, like you said before that, 
make sure you have an idea of where you want to go before you make all these different information, create, like schedule all these different informational meetings. And then it's kind of like a waste of time. It's like really need to narrow down and figure out what you like, um, just like as a person and then just build off of that. Because I think a lot of us start modeling when we're in our early 20s, late teens. And so you're at this like specific point in your life where you're trying to figure out who you are, but then you get comfortable with modeling. And then one day you wake up and it's been 10 years and you're still in that mindset. And you, so you're kind of set back a little bit. So I think it is important to start taking the initiative and start thinking, okay, what can I do right now to control this and figure out what I, where I want to go in like five, 10 years and who do I know that could help me with that? Yeah. And that being said too, like if you're a model, you usually live in a big city. So there's so many events happening all the time. Like I always, I'm going to different things, you know, obviously mm -hmm. not, but when things hopefully start up again, I would take advantage of that, you know, even not just like a, a normal networking thing, although that could be helpful too. But if you have friends that are in different industries and the, they share an event with you or something like make that effort and go, you never know. Mm -hmm at those things like my friend who is uh she who writes for sports illustrated in time i met her at a at an event that had like nothing to do with modeling it was an art show yeah. where i met her you know so it's like you just have to sort of like put yourself out there like you said we get really comfortable in our community and we do get invited to a lot of great things in our community and that's not to say that there's people in our community that aren't doing different things there are and those those events are super worth it as well but i think it's really worth it to like sort of step out of that sometimes and like mm -hmm different people in, in different industries, because you never know what it'll bring you. Yeah, and that one connection that you like never saw coming could lead to the next one. And often like if you're looking to pivot out and like land a new job, it's like you're more likely to get that new job through those weak ties or through those distant contacts than through a job board most of the time. So it's like you got to look at like the long con, like the long game basically and see where these different relationships can take you and really nurture them. Mm -hmm. um so more specifically for the budding writers in the pivot community what advice can you share about becoming a freelance writer yeah it's not easy um I would yeah say it's, a, it's a bit of a loaded question but i know that you you've definitely been like on this journey for a little while so i'm sure you could speak to it for the people who are starting at like day one like today you know what i mean yeah definitely i would say some of the best advice i got um was to just take classes i personally don't think and i've heard from many writers that journalism school is necessary it's kind of more of a like learn on the go sort of thing but there are mm -hmm. a lot of like technical things just you know writing stuff because it's not the same as the way we learn to write an essay in middle school or in university right it's very different so i take all of my classes at gotham writers it's literally writingclasses.com and they're mm -hmm. super affordable they're all like usually they used to obviously do in-person classes as well, but I always yeah. did on travel so much. Um, and they're usually about seven to 10 week courses. And the first one I took was a feature article writing class. And it was basically like a crash course in journalism. And one of my friends who's actually also a model, she is starting, Colum she's starting journalism school at Columbia, but you know, now that everything's were going on with the pandemic, she wasn't sure what was going on and Columbia had to postpone. So I told her, I was like, you should take this Gotham course too. And she took it and she was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like I'm learning so much stuff. So I think, you know, definitely take classes. Things I'm looking into now as well, I'm noticing a lot of other writers offer consultation services. There's writing coaches, things like that, I think are really, really helpful, especially when you, when you take those classes or consultations from writers who have been published in the places where you want to be published in, yeah, you know, like those kind of things, there's a really 
huge writing community on Twitter. Twitter is basically like journalists and politicians. Like it's a huge, you know, it, it's really important yeah. to be on Twitter. And I've met and learned about so many people from from Twitter, so many writers. There's a really great podcast as well. I think it's literally called The Writer's Podcast. Um, and it, it's really, really helpful. I mean, even if you just Google writing podcasts, like so many great helpful stuff will come up. So that stuff. And I also think, um, you know, do a lot of like digging into like what you think you want to write about. Because you do need to be versatile as a writer. But a lot of the advice that I've gotten as well is that things should like fairly be, you know, in some sort of lane, um, okay. like and able to be relatable to each other. Right. Um, so I think that's important as well. But I would say definitely take classes, do sort of those consultation courses and, and or um, sorry, co consultation calls and writing coaching and stuff. But also, if you want to go to journalism school, by all means, like you can do that. But I think for me, it was like I already did two degrees. I'm kind of like not. Yeah, tapped out. You're like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Is the same exact same thing I said before, just DM writers that you like or and ask them to go out for coffee and stuff like um, I keep bringing it up my my friend Priya Desai who's a she's a journalist at Sports Illustrated she writes on the intersection of sports and race. I oh, met amazing. Yeah, she's so amazing. And I met her at that event. And we stayed in touch. And then I went for like an informational like we literally went to Joe and the juice and got like smoothies and talked about it. And she really encouraged me and she's helped me along the way she has, you know, edited things for me and she's just really been there. And like through her, I've like met a, a bunch of other writers as well. Through my work with the Model Alliance, I've met other like producers at CNN or, you know, other yeah. people that heard things that we've done, the New York Times and things like that. And I've stayed in touch with a lot of those people. And so, you know, we have a lot of connections already as models when you think about it, because mm -hmm. we've also like, we've been in a lot of these magazines, you know, like whether it's like Teen Vogue or Harper's Bazaar or whatever. So you can also reach out to those people and likely they're going to want to talk to you because you already yeah. have relation to the magazine, you know? So we have a lot of connections as well. But I think I mentioned about four or five things there, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, I guess um, the one thing that just popped up in my head, I guess I can wait till the end, but I'm gonna wait now. I'm gonna say it now because we're already okay. on the topic. When you started, um, I guess, maybe pitching your stories to these different publications, yesterday I mentioned in the stories you've written for Bushwick Daily, Refinery29 Canada, Flare Magazine, Etc. So what was your, I guess, approach? Is it like an approach that most writers take? Or is it kind of like a case by case basis, depending on the size of the publication, the content that they share, all of that? Yeah, it's definitely a case by case. Um, when I when I pitched to Bushwick Daily, I didn't have anything really published to show them other than blog stuff. But I also sent him the editor. Um, he's a great editor. Um, I sent him a bunch of the political videos that I had made as well. So he could see that I was really into that kind of stuff. And I sent him like places where I had been guest blogged and stuff like that. And I sent him a few. Um, I sent him a few our uh, assignments from my writing class as well, just so that he could see that I was writing. And he was like, yeah, cool. We're always looking for new contributors. Like, you know, uh, you have to pitch. I, I believe you have to write two articles a month in order to stay on as a contributor. And he was like, yep, send me a pitch whenever you're ready. Like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And I was like, really, really happy about it. So I think, you know, there's always a way to use whatever we've done in the past and show it. Um, but I think, yeah, pitching is really hard too. Like it, it's like it, in my feature article writing class, there was like more than one lecture on pitching. And mm -hmm. I'm actually like going to, I don't, there's a writer, a writing um, coach online that I found through the writer's 
podcast that um, I think I want to take. She has like a boot camp and they do a lot of focusing on pitching. I want to take mm -hmm. that as well because I just think it's it's something that you can never practice doing enough. Yeah. As a, yeah. So I want to I want to take that as well. But yeah, I think like pitching is something that you just get better with over over time. And yeah, um, yeah we're really lucky though that we can use our sort like as a model it's like we we pitch ourselves every time we go to casting you know yeah it's just a mean it's just a matter of applying that to a different space and maybe being a little more specific with what your pitch is but yeah naturally you have to like be a salesperson it's like this is why i'm better than the other girl behind me even though we might be similar in a lot of ways this is why you should choose me basically yeah. Like, here's what I bring to the table. And the other thing with pitching is there's really only one or two lines where you talk about yourself. The rest of it is where you talk about the story, what you're going to, what you're pitching to them. So you have to be really knowledgeable in what you're talking about. You have to be mm -hmm. super curious about it and prove to them like why they would want you to write about that. What are their readers going to be interested in? Which also means you need to know that publication. Like you can't just like randomly pitch to places that you, you have no idea their style is like right you have to really consume their content like a huge part of being a writer is being a reader and reading yeah. all that stuff right so. yeah because they could probably smell that off of people as soon as they like send their email or walk through their office it's like you have no idea what we write about yeah here like that's like the worst first impression ever so that's good advice it's like make sure you're reading as much as you're writing and you are reading the things that you want to be featured in or have your work featured in Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to know, this is the last question. What do you yeah. have planned for the future? And do you have any upcoming projects that you can share with us? Yeah. So one thing we're doing, so this is menstrual hygiene month. So for our live shift media, we're launching a series on the week of May 28th. So yeah. Is that next week or the week after? That's next week. Yeah. That, that's crazy. It's already like next, yeah. it's already now. Yeah. I don't even know like the days anymore, but, um, no. we're our news uh, story. We're not even 100% sure what the name is, but it's basically just going to be a bunch of different um, experiences from different menstruators, whether they are, you know, gender nonconforming people, people going through menopause, um, you know, trans men, um, women in uh, different, um, you know, socioeconomic situations or whatever the case may be. Um, we just want to explore different stories of different menstruators because we need to really break down that stigma that it's just women who have periods or that, you know, um, that period experiences are the same for everyone because they're not. And it's a really important story. And it's and, and what we what we experience as menstruators is also like very political. And there's so many different ways that it, you know, weaves into that. So that's a story that we're going to be launching with like, I think we're going to keep it small, maybe only like five or six people next week so we're working on that for live Shift media other than that i'm also writing an article for teen vogue this week i'm interviewing oh my god congrats that's amazing hey, thanks i'm interviewing i don't know if people will know this person alok v menon is a gender non-conforming person um they are a writer and a performance artist and they are launching along with um penguin teen that publisher um okay a book called Beyond the Gender Binary, which is part of this like group of four books called the Pocket Change Collective. And it's all about like engaging teens in political activism. So Alex's book is really cool because it's basically like a guidebook or a survival kit for gender nonconforming people. Wow. Sort of giving them the tools and resources that Alex didn't have when they were growing up um, to sort of fight against the people that were harassing them. And it's really amazing. and. Uh, initially, Alec was going to do this whole book tour, but because mm -hmm. of the pandemic now, there can't be a book tour. 
So they launched this Pride 2020 campaign where they're asking allies to donate books to all these different LGBTQ organizations so that these people can now have those resources as well. So I'm donating 11 books to a new book club in Toronto. It's called Book Club, but Club with a Q. Um, and it's a new book club for LGBTQ people. It's done off of um, Apathy is Boring, that political organization. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm donating there. Um, but my Teen Vogue article is basically uh, interviewing Alok and finding out what, you know, their impetus was for the book and writing the book this way and just launching the book in the campaign, um, you know, through Teen Vogue. Because Teen Vogue also wrote about the series when Pocket Change Collective first launched. So, um, okay. yeah, that's my next project. Sorry, that was a long explanation. <laughs> but that's no, I like I was I'm, I'm really interested to learn more about it. But I'm excited to read the article. Um, do you know when it will be online? Or is that TBD? Hopefully, it'll be next week sometime because uh, I believe June is Pride Month. And yeah, the book is released on June 2nd. And I think we want to raise as many copies as possible by June 9th. So probably soon. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Want soon and we want people to be able to have it um, during Pride Month. Because another thing that Alec brought up to me that I, I didn't really think about is how it affects the LGBT community, LGBTQ plus community, um, you know, going through a pandemic, a lot of people who are, you know, not able to have their communities around them in the way that they normally do. So you know, this is a really great way for people to get the resources that they that they need that they're not able to get from the in person events that they usually go to. Yeah, exactly. And this is really important for people who aren't in the LGBTQ plus communities just to be better allies as well. So I'm really excited, excited for that article. And I'll keep an eye out and whoever isn't already following Shivani, follow her live Shiv. I'll um, follow the Shiv Media. Um, I think I'm going to end the live now, but if any of you have questions for Shivani about writing, about starting your own platform, or just about her modeling career, please feel free to DM her. I'm sure she'll, she won't uh, hesitate to answer any questions you might have. And um, I'm planning to have a few more of these lives um, during May and in June, so just keep an eye out for any posts um, I'll be sharing on the pivot. And Shivani, again, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate it. I'll hopefully see you soon and I'll talk to you soon as well. Okay. Bye. Bye. Take care.